You're listening to The Show on the Road, a new podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and musicians from around the world. My name is Zach Lubiton. This week in the show, my conversation with a genre-defying trio, The Accidentals. Let me ask you this. What were you doing when you were about 18? Maybe you were on a bus of your always-losing basketball team and playing in a quasi-alternative rock band in your friend's mom's basement with some buddies like me. Semi-ambitious, medium-skilled, but really just happy when anyone besides your mom and your high school sweetheart came to a show at the coffee shop across from the cemetery. And maybe you were packing for college and ready to ferociously read English literature and half-heartedly go to frat parties for the next four years, waiting for real life to finally begin. But then there's the case of Katie and Savannah. The two leading ladies of the Accidentals met as violin and cello playing high schoolers in Traverse City, Michigan, where it was love at first jam. And soon after they helped inaugurate the first singer-songwriter major at the famed Interlochen Academy, had the courage to say no to a full scholarship at Berkeley, and they've been making records and touring nonstop ever since, all before they could even buy themselves a beer. The Accidentals' empowered cocktail of classically-infused funky, folky Americana got even more potent when they officially became a trio in 2014. That's when Michael joined in on drums. And after playing festivals around the mitten, they quickly became precocious Michigan musical celebrities of a sort, opening for Brandy Carlisle, Andrew Bird, and Rodriguez, among others, eventually getting national attention from a Billboard magazine-adored appearance at South by Southwest, and eventually getting signed to a major label, all before they could even rent a car legally. I was able to meet up with the three of them at a hotel room at the Sisters Folk Fest in Oregon. And we talked not just about how the road has become their own college experience, but how these super nerds scratch their own intellectual itches each day. They write their own novels. They teach other kids how to write songs. And during the week of the 2018 midterm elections, they released their newest work, Heavy Flag, barnstorming their beloved forever swing state Michigan to raise awareness for voters and to campaign for clean water in their communities. Truly, it's just too much overachieving in one place. But thankfully, they really are the sweetest, most down-to-earth people. And let's just say that if this is the new generation of musician, sign me up. Okay, let's hear it from him now, The Accidentals. My name's Katie. I'm 22. I play cello. I uh, play electric guitar, acoustic guitar. do some singing. I'm Michael. I'm 23. I play the drums, and I do some backing vocals and one or two songs mm-hmm. I'll play a guitar. He's got curly red hair very, for the, very for curly the listeners. Ginger you. <laughs> I'm Sav, I'm 107 years old, and uh, it's okay, I'm 23, and I play violin, guitar, and bass, and I write songs. So we were discussing your novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's yeah. it called? Uh, it does not Ooh. have a name at the moment. I just finished it. It's like 400 pages. Good lord. Yeah. Single space or double? Uh, 1.5. The <laughs> fact <laughs> <laughs> that I know. Wow. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, was, it took me seven years, honestly. It was like a habit, kind of hobby thing. And now it's done. So now I have no hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you start another one? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so Odyssey is your newest record, yes? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually a label you got signed. Yeah, it's released with Sony Masterworks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, are people jealous of you being so young and accomplished? Um, it really depends on who you talk to. A lot of people I know, they're like, you're in a band? Can't you see that my hair has died? Yeah, don't I, don't I look like a rock star? But. No, I think uh, 
you know, even in high school, I don't think half the people there even knew we were in a band. Um, and we still travel the country, and not a whole lot of people across the country really know who the XNLs are yet, and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan's really strong for us, like a really strong fan base. Yeah, we've gotten tons of love and tons of support. Um, it's been like a really, um, uh, like lots of ups and downs, you know, even before we released Odyssey, um, putting out our other albums, like it really felt like we had a lot of material that we were sitting on and we just needed to get it out there. And so once we put out Odyssey, it was this very um, big weight lifted from our shoulders. And I think our community and our friends and family and supporters like all resonated with that. And Where in Michigan are you guys based? Uh, Katie and I formed the band in 2011 in Traverse City. We met through our high school orchestra program, mm-hmm. public high school. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm down by, uh, I'm in Metro Detroit, so I'm in Novi. What's nice about Michigan is that all the artists kind of have this collaborative feel. Um, it's not really a competition, I think. We're all trying to help each other, and we've all played on each other's albums and hung out with each other, so there's a really sweet uh, vibe coming out of Michigan right now. Yeah, and the people that come out to shows and, like, you know, the people that attend shows, they're just, they're super pumped about the scene as well, and mm-hmm. um, that's really cool. Like, And, and when artists are kind of starting to you know, move on and get bigger, they're just, like, you know, egging them on, and they're, like, you know, they just want to see them uh, achieve more and more, and, yeah, the the whole Michigan music community is just super supportive, whether it's on the side of the musicians or it's on the side of the uh, public. We're starting to see that spread outward, too, into Mm -hmm. the rest of the country, and that's been really sweet. But I think also, you know, to be real, it's, like, people don't know what a sacrifice it is to actually go out there as much as you guys do, and do it full time because mm-hmm. it's, you know, social media makes it seem somewhat glamorous. You know, <laughs> definitely everyone shows the nice side. You know, that's true. And we're not showing how exhausted and like no, pissed I off we are. I keep wondering. Should I like post on Instagram a picture of us like all like <laughs> tired with like? That's what like <laughs> that's what Instagram Stories is great for. Because <laughs> yeah. like it's only it there disappears. for a little bit. And you can kind of be like, look, no one came to this set today. <laughs> I <do laughs> Can't think, wait for tomorrow. I do think we have a tendency to like overshare sometimes where, you know, like we've pretty much shared a story for every time our band is broken down. And there's like people know that tours can get tough. And uh, I think uh, what's cool about it is there's always like some form of kindness that like somehow cancels it out. Like every time something rough has happened out on tour, like, um, another tour gem will come up, which is what we call like these weird things that we find, like say a restaurant in Madison, Wisconsin, like out of nowhere that we detour our entire tours just to go eat at. Like, Are you writing these down? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Master book. Uh, it's uh, I I keep a journal on top of do, doing other stuff. So yeah, I've written down everywhere we've ever been. Probably. It's true. Yeah, there are a lot of like really really beautiful things um, that we've learned through touring. And so it's kind of hard for us to complain about it, but it also feels really nice to like meet other musicians and like bond over these really specific like difficulties you go through, like like trying to eat gas station food. You're like, yeah, oh my god, I, I totally relate. That like some people like can't. The people don't that. understand is that in Europe, gas stations are nice. Oh man, I've never been We've to Europe. Never, yeah, we don't like, understand that. Like, I like I remember, hearing that. We went to you know Ireland and you go to these gas stations and there's like a wall of fresh fruit oh. and like oh. just like everyone's like making homemade <laughs> sandwiches and blah blah and I'm like 
can, is anyone seeing this? Like, yeah, I never knew like, how Why much. can't we do this? It's like all Doritos and crap. Yeah. And like the sandwiches yeah. look like they've been in there for like four years. <laughs> like, why is it so difficult? Like, we need this. People need this. So funny. Mm-hmm. I've just like accepted it. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is this is life. It's fine. But I did write down a sticky note on my phone. I must have been like in some sort of like 4 a.m. driving haze because all it says is a gas station in which all the food is healthy. And that's all it says. <laughs> that's all the sticky note says. It's a million dollar idea. <laughs> yeah, I took for granted, like, uh, you know, being able to just go to a grocery store and, like, you know, pick up a, an apple or a peach and bite into it and it not be, like, a solid mass. You know, like, I think or I grabbed... Mealy. Or mealy. Or yeah. It's either the two types of gas station fruit is either hard as stone or, like, so mushy that you're not sure that it's, like, acceptable to eat. Yeah, at that point, it's like, is this even healthy when we're eating this fruit? Or should I go with the can of sardines or whatever that we were talking about over dinner? Or peanuts. We were talking about those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been really into the the bags of chopped pickles. Oh, I love those. The O-Snap brand. The pickled carrots. Have you seen those? Also good. Wow. Yeah, I tried those. You ever get the adult Lunchables? Wait, not what? Ventured. Fancy Lunchables. The Fancy What's Lunchables. What's the Fancy Lunchables? Yeah, I've seen them. It's like yeah, it has like hard salami and like Melba toast. <laughs> yeah. And then like little strips of cheese. Oh, and it's just like those. the adult version That's of That's real. Lunchables. Yeah. You know, I, I was just talking to somebody the other day. You always know where you are in the country based on whether or not they have coconut water in the fridges. That is mm. a good point. It's like if you, the more you travel. Not a lot in Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like it's all over the place in California. Anywhere in California, you will find coconut water in the, in the gas station fridges. Yeah. Regional food, yo. Regional yeah. gas stations. How many times has your van broken down? More oh than gosh. eight. Yeah. <laughs> More than eight. That's because we were what keeping kind of track on it? one tour. See, GMC extended Savannah van 2011. It was customized uh, before we got it. Like, all the wiring was kind of changed around to support a Bluetooth computer that we never used. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so now it's just kind of glitchy. And we, we've spent the last three years, like, de-pimping the van. Like, it had these <laughs> giant rims on it at one point <laughs> that were actually adding, like, 800 pounds to our vehicle. And <laughs> finally Ridiculous. somebody at some dealer was like, you know, th- you guys are worried about how much weight you're pulling, and you've got these giant rims. Do you want to just, like, change the tires? And we're like, yeah, yeah, let's yes, do that. <laughs> but, yeah, we, he's right. We've replaced almost everything on that van, and right now there have been no breakdowns. Um, so we just keep changing the oil and rotating the tires, and we're, we're all right. Yeah, the van's like the ship of Theseus at this point. <laughs> it's not the same. It's, not no. still, it's still not Black Betty anymore. Do you take it everywhere, or do you, if, it's, if you have something in Washington State, do you fly in and then drive around? Uh, it just depends on the context of the rest of the tour, I'd say. Yeah, it's, um, sometimes we've, we've done a couple of fly dates, but it's hard because we have um, so much gear. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and like really specific. Yeah, well. yeah. recently we've been doing, like, in-ears, and so if we do fly, usually, like, someone will, like, meet us. And, like, yeah, the context of the band is that we each play three instruments, so, like, we're trying to figure out mm. how to rent a bass and electric guitar. We have vi- electric violin and cello, which we always have a really hard time getting on the plane, but mm. we try to keep them with us. And then acoustic guitars and pedal boards and drum stuff. It gets weird fast. Mm-hmm. So, Is the cover of the Parking Lot EP all the equipment that you travel with? That was our equipment in 2016. Yeah, that was everything that fit in the back of the van originally. Yeah. So, now it's so is that an so accurate representation? No, of what that's with? about half of what we half? have. Half? Yeah, yeah, double that. That's probably we half. We have lights we have. now. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And we have a different trailer because our um our last trailer took a dive in North Bend, Washington, left us stranded there for an entire twenty four hours while we tried to figure out. And that was like the town where they filmed Twin Peaks. All right. And so it was kind of creepy. Like we broke yeah. down, and like the locals started helping us, and we're like, was we, a log lady there? Leave? No, it, no. Was, it was a guy named Grandpa. It was like, we literally crashed in some guy's yard. He comes out, and he's only wearing, like, a pair of shorts. And he's like, hang on, let me find Grandpa. And we're like, who's Grandpa? And he, like, finds Grandpa, and Grandpa knows the only tow truck in town that's still up. And, like, he calls the only tow truck, and they they picked us up. And yeah, literally, he's on the phone. He's like, yeah, just come on down to Grandpa's house. Like, yeah, it's Grandpa's <laughs> house. Yeah, we got to dive. <laughs> like, what? We yeah, actually, pretty common for We live-streamed. Please that breakdown yeah. because we were so freaked out like just we were like, just where like are we? who are these people? grandpa if you're listening thank you yeah, yeah. thank you shirtless man amazing, <laughs> i think his name is yeah yeah i think grandpa's house it's a good ep title oh it's so good mm-hmm. come on yeah but think a lot of um a lot of our touring experiences like a lot of the breakdowns right we've had um a really amazing tour manager and manager overall her name is amber and she's like a force of nature like able to solve most problems that get thrown at us so she's really saved us for the past four or five years of touring speaking of breakdowns it goes to one of my questions here which is morbid but let's just go with it (laughs) if each of you could die in an epic way Mm. what would it be i already know i was um i'm scheduled to die at age 87 in alaska uh by wolf attack i'm gonna be studying them i'm gonna try to climb a tree and fall out and wolves will eat me and i've had that same nightmare for the past 10 years you're gonna be 87 climbing a tree I'm gonna be trying to climb a tree to get away from wolves, and I will fall, Seems and I'll die. Wait, so okay. are you? So you've embraced it? Like, are you actually thinking about going to Alaska? No, winter? I'm gonna. I mean, I'm definitely gonna, gonna try and stall it, but I'm, I'm gonna be like a wolf biologist. I'm gonna get the call. You're like, hey, uh, we need you to go out to Alaska. We need you to study this one pack, and I'll be like, this is fake calling, and I, if I turn it down, I'm gonna die in some other way that I wasn't meant to, and maybe, maybe that will mess me up. So I better, I better accept this. I'll be 87 years old. Yeah. I mean, she's got it all figured out. I know. Wow. I was thinking something along the lines of an animal text, too. So I'm just going to like brainstorm and keep thinking. <laughs> Michael, do you have a uh, <laughs> do you have a plan yet? Oh, man. Most, could you repeat the question? Most epic way? <laughs> like, if you could have an epic way to die, where it's like, man, remember her? <laughs> like, I would, I would what love happened to, her? to, like, play a show... And then, like maybe maybe it's almost the opposite, where it's like I wanna I wanna die in like the least epic, like something where like somebody tells you about it and you're like really, like so like say I play a show and I trip coming off stage and like oh you pulled Ben Folds right? <laughs> Didn't you write a song about like he like fell or something off Did stage? He? It's it's called um. BBB Hiroshima, I think. There's like a whole line about how he's like bleeding all over the keys of his Oh, piano. yeah. Yeah, like, he has like, it's like the cut on his head. Yeah, he like yeah, his head. Yeah. But like just something like, I kind of want to go in a dumb way of just like, I can plan everything in my life and then I'd like trip over something and I'm like, I, ju- I'm I was just reading <laughs> this book in the car like earlier today about this woman who tripped on a street in New York and died. It's a fictional story. <laughs> but... I was thinking you were going to go with the route of, like, you're playing a drum solo, and it's, like, so Oh, good. I could go out in the spinal and it's like, tap. And, like, yeah, your heart can't keep up, and so it's just, like, you went out with, like, the biggest, and everyone's like, what is happening? And you're faster and faster and faster, and then you combust. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I want to do go out, like, all the spinal tap drummers, just, like, in a burst of green flame. Well, that's oh. very different from the, like, oh, really? That's how he died? 
like perspective. So I'm, I'm glad that you. It's anti it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, what do you got, Kate? I still have a thought. It's okay if you want to do animal tag. It's not a competition. Well, I, but I don't know if, I, like, I don't know if I would want to be attacked by an animal. I think it like. I just don't know if it'd be really Maybe pleasant. Like die of cuteness over. We're not saying pleasant. We're saying like, <laughs> <laughs> like all your friends are like, man, that was epic. Like she got eaten by a shark. You know. I feel like I don't want to, um, like sacrifice myself to a shark or anything because like they, you know, they've got their own stuff going on. I would want to be like the first person to do something. It would be so epic that I would die. Like if I went up into, um, to Mars or something, and or like went out into space and then I could like see something no one else had seen before and then oh bam like 2001 <laughs> Space Odyssey yeah where you're like the only person to go through a wormhole they don't just... yeah I would die in a black I would, I would I would die in a black <laughs> hole yeah and everyone would be like man she's the first person to die in a black hole that's pretty good technically oh, if you went into yeah. a black hole you wouldn't die like your body stretched. would just like always be there like at least Ooh. to the to the human eye or like observing it. Anyway. Moving on. Holy <laughs> now. The uh, well, there is a lot of you know sort of space references in your album mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious what your uh, interpretation of what a switchblade renegade is. Ah, oh, that's me. Hi. Uh Man, okay, so for the writing process, like, I honestly just collect things that I sound, think sound cool. Like, I'll read a book or I'll, um, I don't know, uh, find words in a story that I really like, and then I'll just compile them and create, like, a mood board. Like, you know, I just want this song to emanate this. And then other times, I'll just have one line, and I'll just kind of go into, like, this separate stratosphere and pull up rhymezone.com and thesaurus.com and just work between those. I haven't heard of that. Rhymezone's amazing because, like, one thing I tend to do is I'll have a line already and then I need something to rhyme with, like, the word believe or something. So then I'll just go to rhymezone, type in believe, find a word that I really like that's just strange, and then I'll construct the rest of the line around that last word. Mm. And that's been really helpful to get me through a song. And so I think Switchblade Renegade might have been one of those things that has just, like, cool internal assonance, and it also rhymes with, like, this next line. I can't remember what I was thinking, but I also think, like, it does represent um, this idea of being strong, and, you know, I feel like uh, it's really easy. Like, as a young band, people tend to think that you're naive. They don't um, think that you can kind of keep up, I guess, and that's been something that's, like, mildly frustrating, but I don't think uh I take it personally as much I think anymore at least I think it's understandable at this point um you just express yourself through your writing and you let that speak for for itself rather than try to prove yourself all the time to random strangers um you know who you are and therefore you're switchblade renegade for doing it you know that's the uh, chorus on earthbound yeah can you just actually read me that chorus my switchblade renegade, my heart's buried in the junkyard, uh, covered it in kerosene, burned it up in cold regard. I'm a switchblade renegade, I'm not stand-up, I've got lies down to the core. I'm a carnivore, I will never be earthbound. It's, it's, there's a couple songs on that record that have this element of um, conscious dreaming, or like... That 
it's important to keep dreaming. And I'm curious what you guys think about the sacrifice of also not being regular young people. Because this is like your college education in a way right now, right? Totally. Yeah, I would say that we kind of exist on a different schedule um, than most people that we know and love. Um, I think, you know, Katie and I have both been in long-distance relationships that have been um, spanning through the years, and that takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of time and energy, along with, you know, making time for yourself, making time for your family, making time for your um, job, because it is a business, and you do have to work really hard to sustain it. And so... um, I think the biggest sacrifice would be um, time and energy and, you know, learning how to balance that has been really um, eye-opening. What about you? Yeah. No, it's true. Like, I really used to struggle with the um, the idea of not going to school because it was such, such something that we were ready to do. We'd been, like, working towards it our whole high school experience, you know, and I was really looking forward to college as, like, an opportunity I had put together in my head as um, becoming more independent and exploring new parts of my personality and learning more about other things I was interested in. Um, and I, I had associated a lot of stuff with college. I was like, oh, you know, college is this and this and this. And then as soon as we decided to like per- take our first production deal and pursue music full time, I kept thinking back and I was like, am I making the right choice? Like, I'm like, you know, focusing on certain things and other things. Um, And then I realized, like, your life and your time is really, like, just what you make of it. And we've done so many interesting things that I never would have done if I was in college, and I'd probably be a very different person. Um, You know, it's like my personality has shifted from being around all these um, incredible people on the road, and, like, my confidence level has changed a lot, being on stage every night for, like, 200 shows a year. And, you know, it's, like, just very eye-opening to live in transit. What are you, Meg? <laughs> I definitely, I think I, I really appreciate education after being on the road. Because I did a, a, a year of audio engineering at Belmont in Nashville. And it was kind of, um, like, the, the, the town that I came from, it was kind of like, you know, you go through high school and then you go to college and... Yeah, I was always kind of like a, you know, B, B minus student and just always wanted to do music. But kind of being out on the road has really shown me what I really and truly want to learn and what like I need to learn. And so if um, and hopefully eventually I do end up going back and taking some classes or trying to learn some other things. But it's definitely given me a new perspective on like, you know, how much um like how important education is and, and really trying to figure out what you need and want to learn in life. Like learning what learning how to learn almost. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing that I would take away from it. It's like um, I'm kind of like there's no regret associated with this lifestyle because, you know, you're taking um, the opportunity to have real life application be like a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hands-on education. Yeah. It's like one way of doing it, but there's multiple avenues you can take in life and reach the same conclusion. Yeah, Yeah. I I think I was talking to Joe Purdy the other day. We were at Sisters, um, the Americana Song Camp, and I was like, man, we get to do this. Like, this is something that we get to do Mm full-time. We are teaching a clinic in the mountains of Oregon, and we can see stars 
better than we've ever been able to see them in our entire lives. We can see satellites moving right now. That's how well we can mm-hmm. see these stars. We have traveled here and earned the ability to to play music. Like that is that is just such a gift. Like it sounds cheesy, but it, it is like, you know, I don't I think we take it for granted. My, you know, all of our parents are actually musicians. My parents toured, my parents um were out of Nashville and just kind of ingrained in the music community and so um, they introduced me to music at a really young age, but it was never like a pressure thing, and I'm super grateful for that. I think that people who have learned to find the hybrid world between parenthood and the music that they've cultivated and uh, still be able to share that have an incredible strength, and I really admire those people. What would be the goal in like five years? For the accidentals. So we actually <laughs> just discussed this with like our entire business team. We have a really awesome core group of people who have supported us for a while now, and they're pretty much doing it for free, which is awesome and amazing. Um, and they, we've talked about our five-year goals, and I think what we really want to be at is the point kind of like the Decemberists almost. Like they're kind of our, our band that we look at and we love everything mm. they've ever done. Um and they have kind of planned it where um, they each are able to do kind of side projects. They do live albums. They do albums. They just kind of get together. They play music. They tour it. And then they take some time and do their own thing. And that that's kind of ideal, I think, is to just be able to support yourself enough to have time for projects to continually learn and to have a lot of passions and be able to um, kind of bring them all into the music world and then you know, continue to collaborate. I think that would be the goal. Mm-hmm. Continuous collaboration for sure. Yeah, for real. And then also like Red Rocks and Tiny Desk would be cool. Yeah, Just Red throwing Rocks it out there cool. to yeah. the universe. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> if you had six months right now and money was not a problem and you didn't have to do music at all, in fact, you were not allowed to do music, <laughs> what would you do? Mm, I would probably I would probably start by just like traveling um, outside of the U.S. because I've never been outside of uh, United States or Canada. Wow. So I'd probably go to like Australia with a backpack and like just go. We were Sav and I were having this conversation about like spending some alone time because we don't really know like what alone time is because when we're you know we're together twenty four. Do people think twenty four seven? People, people think sisters, a lot of things. Yeah. Someone <laughs> thought that me and Michael were married once. Oh, yeah. They were like, are you guys married? We're like, like, no. <laughs> I, I don't even know and I know what they think they about me then. Like, maybe I'm married? the child. Like, who knows? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's yeah. funny sometimes when we work with kids, they think that I'm, like, 47. Because he has the, a beard. Yeah, because I have a beard, you know. That age difference. And then yeah, I had like a six-year-old ask me if I was single once at an assembly. So that was, that was yeah. my peak. <laughs> so yeah you never know but we do we get a lot of time together and then also I mean it's not really like safe for us to, to be alone it's not really safe for us to just I'm gonna go into town and go for a walk yeah there have been know? some there have been some problems with that in the past for and sure so it's like I'm gonna go to the bathroom like I'm gonna take someone with me like all the time it's like constant togetherness and mm. so we're really tight but then when we go home uh, it's kind of hard to take time away because you know like we all have families and we try to spend time with um, our parents and our siblings and our significant others and our friends. And then it's really hard to take time away without being guilty. So I would probably just go to Australia and be in the desert 
for like six months. <laughs> but like maybe bring her along. Hi. <laughs> so yeah, we would we'd be on like other sides of the desert and be like, no, what's with you? Yeah, where are you? Throw me that, uh, uh, throw, uh, throw, throw me that cactus. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, um, gosh, I feel like, uh, there's a lot of things that I could be doing, you know, kind of, um, I'm really passionate about educational reform. I think it's really important to, um, start with your kids, teach critical thinking, teach that you have a voice and, you know, that you should be voting. That's important. All those things are really important to me. Um, so I would probably spend some time like, um, building that up, I guess, kind of creating, uh, this platform. But I know that like, we're also kind of doing that with our music, which is amazing. I think it's cool that like, all of our passions can kind of combine with the music world and the, the bigger platform you build for yourself with music, the more you're able to speak and use your voice for different really important subjects. So I honestly don't know. It's so, much, so, so much of my life is music. Like, you know, it all ties back into it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Like, I know it doesn't have to be about music, but it, it, it <laughs> No, it is not allowed to be about music. <laughs> yeah, Michael, <laughs> Michael, 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 what are you doing? You got oh, six shoot. months. If I've got six months. And, but you also have endless months of money, right? That's Money's not a problem. Yeah. I don't know. I might I might try to like hire the the best teacher for something that I really want to learn and just like dive JFK into assassination. It. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to look at the JFK files. That's what I'm I'm going to buy the JFK uh. files in my mind. Uh, <laughs> didn't expect that to go. Yeah. There. Oh, I, it always goes there with me. I'm sorry. It's who I am. But no, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to do like a super deep dive into um I don't know, maybe like not about music, but like I'd really love to scuba diving. Scuba diving. Yeah, we'll for just six say that. months. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I would. I would probably do a lot of train travel if I had to travel as well. Oh. I've not really taken many trains, and yeah. I would love to do the. Gosh, I want to change my answer now. Like that was up amazing. and down the That's West good. Coast, and maybe something through Canada. You know, up to Montreal or mm. something. Gabriel like... Cahane just wrote an entire album from train rides that he took across the country. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. amazing. Yeah, but man, trains are super interesting. I love trains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if you had six months yeah, and money was not a problem? Yeah. Do you think about your answers when you're writing these questions? I feel like I've been putting off like serious like writing for a long time. I think mm. almost like music is the ultimate distraction because I always mm. say that like songwriting is like a drug, whereas like fiction mm. writing is like a healthy meal yeah. <laughs> where like I write like if you write like a short story or a play it's like this big chunk of thing it's like yeah and a song is so like you're falling in love with it and then like as soon as you're done you're like give me the next one yeah. <laughs> you're, like, yeah. you're like give me it's another true. one you give know, me another one like give me another hit yeah. it's like the dopamine yeah. hit of like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened but then yeah. It wears off. And then you hate it, and then you kind of like fall in <laughs> love again. You're like, actually, what was I thinking? Okay, to be song. fair yeah. though, I already hate the book I wrote. So, <laughs> like, it's everything that you, without maybe not hate it, but like, you know, you everything in life, you, the magic that you feel at the beginning of it, it does wear off, and then you write another one. I, I don't know. I think it's. It's almost like being in a relationship. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know how you have like the honeymoon phase of like oh, yeah. if you've mm. just started dating somebody and then it's like you kind of learn to live with that person. And like totally. if you're writing a book, I'm sure that it's like, how long did it take you? Like four years? Seven. Seven. 
yeah, like it's it's probably like a relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, you're right. It, you know, if you think about it in those terms, the book was constantly changing. I'm constantly shifting things around. I'm rewriting entire sections of it. And yeah, we do have the opportunity to do that with books and maybe even songs sometimes. I mean, Leonard Cohen had like too many verses of Hallelujah when he first wrote it. He couldn't figure out how to cut it down. And then he said he threw away a hundred verses. Yeah. Oh. I actually yeah. learned what? that today. Nice. Nice. It, I, I got that from a, the podcast Revisionist History. And there was a whole episode about that. And now he just kept playing and playing and playing with it. And eventually they, it is what it is now. And those verses, you know, held out above everything else. I think uh, he probably got sick of those verses. Those probably aren't even his favorite verses. And the magic is probably worn off for him. But the magic continues to spin around it for everybody else who hears that song. Well, he said, you know, like, that song was around for years, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody really gave a shit. Jeff Buckley, Jeff Buckley, Jeff Buckley brought like, it into the light. Into the yeah. yeah. And then everyone was like, man, this song is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny how the, the course of music takes, you know, if when it lands in somebody else's hands, it can take off. Or if it's in your own hands and, you know, you spend 50 years with it and then suddenly it takes off. You know, art has a tendency to do weird things like that just to yeah. take spikes at random times it definitely it's it's very much like creation like songs can very much have their own lives and you have like no idea what's gonna happen with uh, what you put michigan out and again yeah i mean i wrote a song called michigan and again and honestly i didn't know if anybody would ever hear it ever i wrote it for an indiegogo campaign because a, a man uh requested that we write a song about it and paid a certain amount of money to help us get to south by southwest for the first gym and uh yeah, and then the song blew up, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I had no idea it was gonna do that. And I like, there's some verses I wish I could rewrite out of that song, but I try not to speak too much about that because I don't want to ruin that for anybody else who you know really connects to some of these verses. And you know, I remember we got emails and emails and emails from people who um, had sent their kids to college and sent that song to their kids in college, and those kids were like, "I want to like, I feel home even at this distance," and I don't know. You know, you never really finish with a project. You only abandon it. But um, when you do abandon it, you abandon it to the whim of the world, and the world can pick mm-hmm. it up and look at it and be like, "This is something I want," or it can just let it go, and you kind of have to go with that flow. Mm-hmm. If someone could cover an accidental song, anyone who would it be? I gotta think of the song they would cover first. I would love to yeah. see Ani DeFranco cover KW. I would cry. <laughs> I would literally cry. Oh, that would be great. Gosh. Let's just keep going with these magical questions. If you guys could start the Accidentals Music Festival, first five people you would book. Dead or alive? Mm. Well, it's funny as we, um, actually, our manager, Amber, did start a really cool festival at Fountain Point, and, like, we were kind of, like, the band with that festival, um, and there was a lot of local artists there that we absolutely loved. But, like, if we were to, like, start one with, like, dead or alive artists, like, this is obviously a very hypothetical question. Um, oh gosh. Let's each of us just pick, like, one, and then we'll have two that we, like, fully agree on. Right? All right, okay. you go. Um, bring in Wolfpack. Okay, well, that's one we fully agree on. Oh, <laughs> so we all agree on Wolfpack. Yes. Um, Those guys were my University of Michigan roommates, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? Up in Bursley? I was talking to Theo yesterday. (laughs) I have like a mild crush on Joe Dart, so. um. I think the world has a mild (laughs) crush on Joe Dart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Base assassin Joe Dart. Yeah. All right, so Wolfpack's the lead. Um, Mm -hmm. Michael? 
Um, if we're doing Dead or Alive, I would love to see Elliot Smith mm. and just like like just cry in a corner while he's playing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane. Um That was your choice. Shh. Uh oh, I thought we were doing two. Oh, are we? Okay, yeah, that's fine. Do two. Yeah. Okay. Um You go first. What? I'll think of another, I'll think of another one. <laughs> um uh, I want to say Queen because mm-hmm. I they're my favorite Great. band and I absolutely love them. Brian May and Freddie Mercury are both my heroes. Uh, Patrick Carroll, uh, too. He was a really amazing Michigan artist. Uh, passed away at 25 from cystic fibrosis. And, uh, yeah, he was an incredible guy. He put out this album called Glow in the Dark. And, unfortunately, I never got to, like, personally know him. I saw him play at this festival called Harvest Gathering and then bought his album and then um, got, brought an old album and then the new album came out and I bought that and then I realized that he'd passed away and, and then I listened to it and it's like this amazing exploration into the fragility of mortality and like um, it really is like an epitome of what true suffering is, I think. Like he's very emotional in it um, and really provocative um, and so it's made me like humble almost listening to that album just made me realize like how um amazing it is that we have this life and so i would want to see him perform that album one more time um just because i feel like you know i've listened to it so many times in vinyl and cd and on streaming like i just there's something about the live performance i feel like if i could just feel that emotion i would have it Mm -hmm. you know so um dust bowl revival original band hired at our Folk festival that we are making? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I do have to say, like, I love I love being a three-piece, but every once in a while, like, it's really fun to have, like, a group of, like, ten people on stage. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, that different kind of dynamic and we energy. Just did a, we just did a show with a funk band called Turbo Street Funk out of Canada, and it was, like, a whole horn section, like, French horn, saxophone, sousaphone. It's an intoxicating thing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not, not ready for that. Um, it's, yeah, it's super addicting. It's so fun. All right, I'm going to do a word association thing now. Oh, no. Ooh, All right. What? I need the first thing that you think of. Darkness. Bear. Light. Lightness. <laughs> bear? A bear. Yeah. I thought orchid, but I don't know why. <laughs> orchid? Bear. <laughs> like a bear. Like a bear. <laughs> we were having a big conversation last night on the way uh, back to where oh, we were staying, we were and it was bears. like super dark, and we, we were talking, talking about, about bears. bears. And then we turn a corner, and there was like a deer, and everybody for like half a second was like, Is it a bear? <laughs> we all like screamed. Like, I guess. Yeah. A bear with antlers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a deer with, big old deer with antlers. Ooh. That was, uh, no, not right now, but. Uh, <laughs> we all uh, look. Like walking through the middle of town last night. Oh, yeah. And he just like looked at us and then went into this construction site and was like, I'm going to check out the bulldozers. Dude, and man, stuff. these deer, like walking around sisters, they just like are going to shows. They're like hanging mm-hmm. out with the people. People are walking alongside them, like some amazing little Japanese community that you see on like the dodo or something. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, next word is sandbox. Oh, my God. I don't know. I thought I. I was trying to figure out what word you were going to say. I kept thinking you were going to say salmon. <laughs> I thought I was going to say sandwich, but then I was like... I think everyone's uh, ready for dinner. Uh, kid. We just Kid. Ate. Sorry. Kid in sandbox. sandbox. Mm-hmm. 
Go. 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 Uh, Sandbox. Lunchbox. <laughs> Wait, that's another food-related thing. <laughs> The initial thing I was going to say was blue, but I don't know if that... That's fine. Are we doing don't... this right? Because <laughs> <laughs> like... I think of like a sandbox. But this is like my favorite thing about like people who write music and write you know, fiction. It's like everyone's brain is completely off the reservation different, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's just like this book that I'm, I'm reading right now. Um, that's killing me because I can't remember the name of the artist. I think it's, name, it's like Edward like Hopper or something. It's, it's the like his famous painting is like the one with people in that cafe at night. It's kind of Nighthawks like, in the diner. Yeah, 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 yeah. that dude. Um, and it's just the whole book is a collection of short stories. Mm. Each story, an uh, an author was given a different painting, and they oh wrote a story God. about it. Mm. So like oh, Stephen what? Stephen so King did one of them. Like dude, give Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah. <laughs> And it's similar to what you're talking about. It's like they all they have is like this one snapshot, and they're like kind of incorporating that into a story. That's you, crazy good. Is your writing style wildly different from hers? Yes, it's yeah. pretty different. Yeah, I think now we've been around each other for so long. It's I think Michael should answer this question because like we've been around each other for so long. Yeah. Oh yeah. What I, do you think? I think Katie's is definitely more of like. Um, you kind of have to gleam what the song is about after like many and multiple listens and kind of like really thinking about the like um use of uh like imagery that you're using whereas like sav is like let me tell you a story <laughs> like this is a story y'all it's like not not saying that it's simpler but it's more of like you are very like structured in how you write your lyrics and it's like if you read your lyrics once through you're like okay i've got the story i know what you're trying to like tell me for mo- most time like obviously no, like no, we were talking about earthbound earlier it's like you know that that one I think is kind of the most Katie song that you've written. Yeah, really. <laughs> I look, we we have yeah our, our names are kind of like added to it. It's like that was a very like sad phrase. Turn up <laughs> turn up the word you octogenarian. Know what's so funny is like I absolutely love Katie's. I'm like I'm saying this a hundred percent like not trying to groom you or anything. I'm just saying like I have heard Katie lines that have like absolutely destroyed me. There have been lines where I'm just like what the heck like where is this coming from? Like there's a I line apologize. in parking lot that's like. He's kicking pebbles on his gravestone. I actually keep in my journal, I have like four pages just devoted to lyrics that I find that I think are cool and that's in there. And like, I don't know. It's good stuff. Wow. All of nightlife is amazing. So, yeah. Stuff like that. I, I think like with your stuff, it does tell a story, but it tells like 8,000 stories and so people can read into it whatever they want. Yeah, Whereas yours, I'm just like, this is the way it is. Ah! Yours is very more like you can put emotions onto the song, whereas Sav's is like, this is the emotion that I'm emoting. You know, mm-hmm. like, or this is what I'm trying to get out well, of. Well, if it's more, yeah, if it comes from more of a poetic place, it's like allowing people to put their own stories and emotions into it. Correct. Right. But even then, like, you're using imagery that I think connects with everybody. Like, you know, I'm still on crow's feet, and I'm thinking about that song in particular. Like, the whole chorus, I don't really know what it means. Like, I can come How's up How's the chorus with, go? It's, um... Sometimes it's like life is a car crash, hot flash. It takes someone ble- uh, bleeding to get you believing. A record spinning, obsessed with the end when it's just the beginning. Don't ask me to hurry. Impatience is simply the least of my worries. A soft expression is just enough answer to keep all the questions at bay. We all risk the chance of mistakes because we all need a little pain. And like, I have no idea. There's like so much stuff going on. It's almost like a Michael Shaban novel where it's just like, that guy can create a sentence that expands to a different 
level that expands to a different level. You have three different images, and you're like, where was I? You know, like... Sentenceception. It is. It's very much... And so, like, part of that chorus just works on that level for me, where I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm trying to say, but I'm hoping somebody connects to it. Did you just say sentence inception? Sentenceception. Whoa. (laughs) What? Image reception, where it's just like multiple stacked layers of imagery all combining to create one image. It's hard. It's really hard. Hmm. Yeah. uh, The thing about that course for me, like the thing I love about songs is like when I'm not thinking too hard about what the sentence means, but it still like makes sense somewhere like deep in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, yes, totally. But then I can't really like place it. I'm like, man, but it totally like hits home, you know, in a good way. I think that's the cool thing about having two songwriters in the group is like a lot of people ask us if we co-write and I think we're open to that but it's just really comfortable for us to write separately because it you know contributes a lot of variety to the show and like mm-hmm. really keeps things interesting all the time because like you know we each reflect in our own songs. It's also such a personal process and we move at different rates like I write songs I knock out one in like about two hours and like there have been times yeah. where like, I, like it does take me like a year to place a riff but that's like kind of your song it's like, always. it always takes me a year and then if I can write a song in a week then I'm amazed <laughs> should we play a song yeah surely let's do it you guys play music no um, sometimes we try
There you go, The Accidentals. You can check them out at theaccidentalsmusic.com. And uh, there's a really cool 3 by 3 column on the bluegrasssituation.com where they talk about their uh, various nerdy interests, like their shared interest of Amy Poehler. If you're in L.A., February 1st, they're playing at McCabe's Guitar Shop right down the street from me. It's going to be a really intimate, awesome performance. Check it out. The Show on the Road is hosted by me, Zach Lupiton, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. The Show on the Road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lupiton. See you on the trail.